Welcome in AFC Championship taking place this week. And oh man, it's going to be a fun game to watch. My name is Farzee Wasuki and this is the Chief Zone Podcast. I greatly appreciate all of you guys making time out of your day for this podcast. And it's going to be a fun one. Obviously breaking down the big game between the Chiefs and Patriots AFC Championship game. One national pundit out there had a very interesting comment about the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans. I'm going to talk about that. Also, Charles Goldman from ChiefsWire.com. He will come on the podcast, and we're going to have a very fun discussion with him. Charles will be on the podcast for the first time, and uh, should be a lot of fun talking to him. Very excited to talk to Charles. Uh, like I said, first time we've had him on the podcast. Uh, does a lot of great work over at the Chiefs Wire. And we're going to talk about a lot of things with Charles on this episode. So a lot to get into. Little time to waste. Facebook.com slash Farzeen That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzeen21. And my email, Farzeen at Farzeenvesugian.com. One quick note on the Facebook page. Of course, as we always do at halftime and after every game, we will do a Facebook Live video And, man, win or lose, I know a lot of people will have a lot of thoughts on this football game. So, uh, come on out, join us for the Facebook Live videos. Again, we will start that at halftime and after the game. I will say this, though, after the game, we will do a Facebook Live video. However, we are going to wait a little bit. I will do it after the uh, trophy presentation because I'm going to want to watch that. I'm sure you guys would rather watch that than me. So, uh, as soon as the trophy presentation is over, then we will do the Facebook Live video. So, be aware of that. If good things happen, which I, uh, I, I, I assume they will. I assume they will. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Subscribe to the podcast and hit the share button as well. Please spread the link for the podcast. You guys have, I know I say this over and over again. I sound like a broken record, but it is worth saying, and I'm going to continue to say it. You guys have killed it with the social media, with the with the podcast downloads. They have been up higher than ever before, and I really appreciate everyone who has been participating on social media pages, and, and specifically Facebook. That has been uh, dominating social media lately, so I really appreciate all of you guys who have been on Facebook posting, sharing, reacting, whether you give a like, the... the uh, the uh, happy emoji, the angry emoji, the laughing emoji, whatever it is, uh, it all counts, uh, and it means a lot that you guys have done that. So it's been a lot of fun interacting with you guys on social media, uh, especially on Facebook, uh, and of course on Twitter as well. Speaking of Facebook, I asked you guys, what does this mean to you? What does it mean right now to have the Chiefs in this moment right now, one game away from the Super Bowl, playing for the Lamar Hunt Trophy? For the first time since the merger could be coming to Arrowhead Stadium. I asked you guys your thoughts and I promised I'd read some of your guys' responses. A lot of great responses. Not going to be able to read all of them, but we're going to read a good portion of them. Going to go through those real quickly. Bradley mentioned the passing of his father in 2013 and how much he wanted to see his dad, excuse me, how much his dad wanted to see the Chiefs take care of business, and Bradley said he is dedicating this moment to his dad. Miranda mentioned uh, her mother was murdered in her home a couple of years ago, which is awful to hear, of course, and uh, she was happy. Her mother was happy when the Royals won the World Series, and she wishes that she could enjoy this moment with her. Scott commented and said he has been through it all, fell in love with the team when they went to the AFC title game 
1994 and lots of heartbreaks since then. And Scott mentioned he is excited for a chance at redemption, essentially, this weekend for the Chiefs. Trent said uh, that he mentioned his wife and his daughter because they put up with his attitude when the Chiefs suffer heartbreaking losses. And he wants to see another win over the Pats 2014 style. Obviously, have that 41-14 to blowout win the Chiefs had over the Patriots a few years ago at Arrowhead. The last time these two teams squared off at Arrowhead. And he admitted he might cry in this one. He admitted as a grown man he might tear up. And you know what? I think man or woman, a lot of Chiefs fans are going to cry. Win or lose, I think Chiefs fans are going to tear up in this one. So, uh, great comment from Trent. Michelle said, said uh, back in the early 70s, she and her family had only one TV at home when she was a kid. Her dad always watched Sundays, uh, football on Sundays. She never cared for football until her dad took her to her first game in 1975 when she was 10 years old. And since then, it became a thing with her father. They still watch Chiefs games together at his retirement home at the lake, which, I mean, living life good right there. Uh, you're at the lake. You, you, you got the uh, the water in the background. You, you, you can see the boats and everything. And, Watching Chiefs football, not a bad life to live at all. Angela posted a, a, a family photo, and uh, someone in her family has uh, turned into an Eagles fan, I guess, and married into a Cowboys family, and she kind of joked about that on there a little bit, which is cool to see. Enrique said it makes this 38-year-old feel 25 again with the city buzzing and with the pride and the excitement. He thinks it is just the beginning for this Chiefs dynasty, and that's one thing we're going to talk uh, about with uh, Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire when he comes on later on. But a lot of great comments, and I apologize if I did not get to your guys' comments. Uh, I, I have done this from time to time, not as much, but I want to make it a, a point to do this more often where we do a, a Facebook question. And uh, as I mentioned in the, in, the, in the post, I would read some of your guys' comments. Uh, I hope to do more of these. So if I didn't uh, read your comment on this one, hey, uh, keep commenting. Hopefully I can get include everyone at some point. I appreciate all of you guys who commented a lot of great posts on there. If you want to read all the comments, go to facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian and just scroll down. This was posted on, uh, let's see, I have it somewhere around here. It was Tuesday evening, Tuesday evening. So go check that out. Again, that is at my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. All right, some news uh, this week. First, on Tuesday, the Chiefs announced that they have activated Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the right guard for the Kansas City Chiefs, a.k.a. the Canadian doctor. And in activating him, you had to take someone off your 53-man roster. When we talked to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest earlier this week, I said, hey, look, what about Eric Berry? I threw the idea that Eric Berry could just be placed on IR if he's not available, but he kind of mentioned, look, if, if he's still on the active roster, they believe he can play. And sure enough, uh, the Chiefs did a move kind of in relation to Eric Berry. They actually released Ron Parker. And again, kind of surprising because Ron Parker was in his second stint with the Chiefs. He never played for another team. Technically, he was with the Falcons, but that's considered the offseason. Uh, never played with them in the regular season, and the Chiefs brought back Ron Parker and, of course, for a uh, cheaper price, uh, bringing him back. It's unfortunate that he gets cut just a few days before an AFC Championship game and possibly l- little more than two weeks before potentially playing in a Super Bowl. But, hey, look, 
Uh, business is business, and they have to make some sort of a move, and that was the move that the Chiefs made, which kind of tells me a couple a couple of things. Number one tells me that there's a very good chance Eric Berry plays on Sunday. Listen, here's the thing with Ron Parker. This just He wasn't a guy who started a lot for the Chiefs, but this is someone who has been on the team for a while and has a lot of familiarity. He knows a lot about this defense under Andy Reid and Bob Sutton. So for a guy who's been on, and again, this is his second stint, like I mentioned, uh, was with the Falcons, but did get let go right after the preseason, and the Chiefs brought him back for a cheaper price. So uh, to let Ron Parker go, a veteran, and you, you're keeping Eric Berry on the active roster, the, that's a pretty telling story right there. The second thing that it also tells me is, look at Kelvin Benjamin, a guy who the Chiefs brought in just a few weeks ago, and there was no certainty that he would get a lot of snaps with the offense. And listen, Kelvin Benjamin was not active this past Sunday, or excuse me, this past Saturday against the Colts. That doesn't mean with Ron Parker's inactivity that he could be an active player for Sunday against the Patriots. But what that tells me is maybe they want Ron Parker to stick around. A lot of Chiefs fans asked me, why was Ron, or excuse me, why was Kelvin Benjamin? I, I said Ron Parker, I meant Kelvin Benjamin. A lot of Chiefs fans asked me on Saturday before the game, why is Kelvin Benjamin inactive? What's the point of signing him if you, if you're not going to use him? Well, my, my response was, you have to have seven inactives. That's one of the things that I don't like about the NFL, having those seven inactives. You have some healthy scratches on there. And on top of that, you probably need more bodies at, safety than you do at wide receiver, considering Eric Berry is unavailable. Uh, Eric Berry and Dorian O'Daniel were the only inactives on defense, so the Chiefs wanted to have uh, as many players available in the secondary, and they knew they would need that against this Colts high-powered offense. Uh, Turned out they maybe didn't need it as much, but they wanted to be prepared for that, I think is a better way to put it. So uh, that's another thing right there, too, to uh, release Ron Parker but not Kelvin Benjamin, a guy who hasn't played a whole lot. Maybe Kelvin Benjamin plays this Sunday or in the Super Bowl if the Chiefs can't extend their season for two more weeks. But even if Kelvin Benjamin doesn't, what about the future for Kelvin Benjamin? And it kind of makes you wonder, is this a guy who the Chiefs want to really work with down the road? Uh, The fact that they're keeping him right now, it's got to mean something. So we'll see how that goes for the Chiefs moving forward, but Eric Berry, uh, I do want to go back to, he stays on the 53-man roster, the active roster. As a matter of fact, Eric Berry practiced on Wednesday and was a full participant. To give you a reminder, Eric Berry did practice last Tuesday. Last week was a different week because the game was on a Saturday, so everything shifted up uh, early by one day. Uh, The Chiefs did not practice on Monday. Tuesday, they practiced. Eric Berry was a limited participant, but then he did not practice on Wednesday nor Thursday. And then, obviously, was inactive on Saturday against the Colts. However, Eric Berry on Wednesday was a full participant with the Chiefs. Practice a lot with with the starters, the ones, on Wednesday. And again, the fact that the Chiefs released a safety and he was a full participant on Wednesday... That's a very good sign to me that he will play on Sunday unless some crazy accident happens from now until then. Keep in mind, uh, before the Raiders game in Week 17, Eric Berry was practicing, but then he suddenly did not practice in the uh, in the last uh, day of the week on Friday. And obviously it was an inactive for 
Sunday, uh, that Sunday against the Raiders. So it, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, what happened there exactly? There was some doubt that Eric Berry would be available in the postseason. Uh, that was, of course, if the Chiefs had a uh, had a seat outside of a two seed, and if they were going to play a wild card weekend, uh, obviously not the case for the Chiefs. Play divisional round. Eric Berry wasn't available then. Now that he's a full participant, and since the Chiefs let go of another safety. Does Eric Berry play on Sunday? Uh, look, I know uh, we've been in this situation before. We keep trying to be optimistic, but this is the most optimistic I've felt. Now, I don't know how many snaps Eric Berry will play on Sunday. That is one thing I will note. I think Eric Berry could play. Perhaps he starts. How much does he play? Uh, again, that's uh, something that I, uh, I I'm kind of uh, uncertain about. So... That remained to be seen. Uh, Jordan Lucas did get his start against the Chiefs in the playoffs. He started four games in the regular season. So we'll see if Jordan Lucas maybe doesn't start but will be an active rotation. Maybe he starts beside Eric Berry and the Chiefs have some kind of a different rotation set up with the secondary. That remains to be seen right now. Uh, That will be very interesting to see. Of course, Dan Sorensen, a big part of this defense as well. Uh, We'll find out on Sunday, just a couple of days away. Running back Spencer Ware and right guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. We mentioned Duvernay-Tardif. They uh, uh, they were limited in practice on Wednesday. Duvernay-Tardif did practice with the ones Andy Reid noted in Wednesday's press conference. Spencer Ware, kind of a, a very interesting factor here because Damian Williams had a great game. And you know how great this Chiefs team will do. With their running backs against anybody. And like I said uh, uh, on a podcast earlier this week, uh, recapping the Patriots and Chargers game, the Chiefs are going to need all hands on deck. They're going to need everyone from Tyree Kill to Sammy Watkins and then the supporting cast right there. You're going to need Chris Conley. You want to use that speed in this game. Same with Demarcus Robinson, who's got a lot of great speed. Kelvin Benjamin, you know he's capable of doing some things in this football game. You need Travis Kelsey and Demetrius Harris. Travis Kelsey, of course, the uh, best tight end in the NFL right now. And Demetrius Harris is back up. And the thing about Demetrius Harris, I know people have their criticisms of Demetrius Harris. And the thing about Demetrius Harris, he's got a lot of speed for a tight end. Very similar to Travis Kelsey. And that can do a lot of damage on a defense. Then your running backs. Both Williams players, Daryl and Damian. And if Sensor Rare is available, even better. So you've got a lot of players on this offense, and who knows if they're all going to be active or not. Maybe you have one healthy scratch or two scratches total come Sunday. But there are a lot of players on this offense that the Chiefs are going to need to use. Patrick Mahomes is going to need everybody there. And this Chiefs offensive line, I thought they came, they they were coming off a good game against the Colts. I know they gave up four sacks, but I don't think that stat is telling of how good of a performance they had on Saturday against the Colts. So there you have it. Eric Berry was a full participant. Spencer Ware and LDT, they were limited in practice on Wednesday. The only player who did not practice was rookie inside linebacker Dorian O'Daniel, who is still dealing with a calf and an ankle injury. And I'll update you guys on uh, Facebook and Twitter as the week goes on. What happens with, uh, with Eric Berry, with Dorian O'Daniel, everybody else? On that Chiefs injury report. Hey, before we go to Charles Goldman, this is very interesting. 
So, Colin Cowherd, longtime radio host with ESPN Radio, now with Fox Sports Radio, and does some things with uh, Fox Sports' NFL pregame coverage, and also with uh, F- another one of the uh, TV shows he does with Jason Whitlock. Uh, I-, I don't know the names of all these shows, but I'm familiar with, uh, with some of the uh, talking heads on there. But Colin Cowherd, he, he had a very interesting comment he made. Basically, I'll, I'll just play the audio for you guys, but... Basically, he thinks Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs fans that will be in attendance, will not be cheering loud because it will be too damn cold. The Superdome is a big advantage this week for the Saints because it's loud and you can't audible. Arrowhead's considered one of the loudest stadiums in America. College or pro, it'll be nine below. Everybody's going to be wearing a ski mask. People aren't going to be standing and cheering. They're going to be huddled, wearing wool, trying to stay warm, wearing something over their mouths. Home field advantage via the crowd. Done. Okay, I don't understand the comparison between Arrowhead and the Superdome. I get those are the two home stadiums this weekend. But I I still don't get, like, why... Is the Superdome going to be loud this weekend, but not Arrowhead? And his argument is that it's going to be cold. Now, I, I got a tweet from someone saying, uh, he basically posted like some chart that proves that sound travels better and further in cold air. Now, I'm no scientist. I'm not going to pretend like I know if that's true or not, but... Uh, I mean, if that's true, well, then there you go. If not, well, then there's fake news right there. Uh, listen, uh, I don't care uh, about any of this. The, the, you know, how sound travels in cold air, I don't, I don't care about any of that. What I will say right now is that this is the first ever AFC Championship game in Kansas City. This is a moment that is long overdue. The Chiefs have suffered through so many heartbreaks and their fans have dealt with it. And they've stayed patient through it. Do you really think this moment, Chiefs fans are just going to let it be taken away because of cold weather? First of all, it was pretty cold last week against the Colts. And let me just say this. I don't remember how many degrees it was. but And I'm not going to bother. That's not the point. The point is, the Chiefs still went out to this football game First off, they, they they played a great game, and their fans killed it all game long. Let's just say it was 30 degrees on Saturday against the Colts. Do you honestly think when a person steps outside in Kansas City, notices a difference between 30 degrees and 0 degrees? No, it's going to be cold. It's going to be freezing. It's going to be crazy. So look, I'm not I'm not going to sit here. I mean, oh, well, now it, the temperatures are 25, 30 degrees lower. Well, cheese fans aren't going to cheat. No. Uh, I mean, cheese fans are going to be shouting all game long, at least while the team's on defense. And when the offense makes big plays, you're going to hear that arrowhead roar. It's going to be loud through your TV sets. It will be. If you're listening on the radio, well, then you're going to hear it through your radio speaker. It's just going to be that way at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are not going to let the Patriots come to Arrowhead and roll over. The Chiefs are going to have control of this football game. And mark my words, there will be a lot of cheering 
after the game as well. Now, the Chiefs did have a funny response to this in some uh, Twitter video where they responded to uh, Colin Coward. I'll bring this up when we talk to Charles Goldman. The Patriots have been playing the victim card all week long uh, with their social media. We'll be talking to Charles about that in just a moment as well. Again, just a reminder to you guys, facebook.com slash Farzian That is a Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Yes, and also follow me on Twitter at Farzian21. My email is Farzian at Farzianvasugian.com. Again, we will do a Facebook Live video this Sunday at halftime and after the game. If the Chiefs win, which I anticipate a Chiefs win, if the Chiefs win on Sunday, we will wait until after the Lamar Hunt trophy presentation to do our Facebook Live video. So if the Chiefs win and you're not seeing a Facebook Live video right away, there's a reason for that. So be aware of that. I'll even make a note of it as soon as the game ends. So again, uh, join us for the Facebook Live videos at halftime and after the game. We'll get to the Chiefs and Patriots AFC Championship breakdown in just a moment. But joining us right now, as promised, Charles Goldman of ChiefsWire.com, part of USA Today's Wire Network, also part of USA Today's Sports Weekly Magazine. You can follow Charles on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL. You can also check out ChiefsWire on Facebook over at Facebook.com slash ChiefsWire. Give it a like and go check out their coverage on social media. Charles Goldman, first time we've had him on the podcast. I've enjoyed his work, seen him on social media, and, and I've run into a lot of his articles over at ChiefsWire.com just through some Google search, uh, lo- looking up some things from the Chiefs, and he's got a lot of good stuff on there. Again, Charles Goldman joining us for the first time on the podcast. Charles, welcome into the podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you making time for us. Uh, a funny story is uh, you, you and I actually rescheduled this because you and I are both kind of dealing with the same thing, except your schedule and my schedule is a lot more different. Uh, I, uh, uh, I I pushed this back a little bit in the evening, uh, which gives you an idea when people uh, know when we're recording this. Because uh, I'm, I have to go get some groceries for that big storm that's coming to Kansas City, and I know you're in the Illinois area. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be rougher on you guys than it is on us. Uh, it was pretty bad for you guys last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 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 hitting the entire Midwest. This whole Arctic blast thing that's going on, and uh, it's it's a real mess with this weather. I mean, snow, freezing rain, cold weather. Uh, it's yeah. it's unpleasant to say the least. And everyone out there in Chiefs Kingdom, that's I mean, I mean, some people are still dealing it, still without power. So uh, you know. It's uh, it, it's really brutal. It shows you really the extent of uh, of Mother Nature. <laughs> well, I mean, let's start there because I'm sure you heard Colin Cowherd's comments. Apparently, Chiefs fans are going to freeze to death. It's going to be impossible for Chiefs fans to to cheer their team on. They're going to be covering their mouths with scarves, uh, whatever it is you you cover yourself on. Maybe you you slide the bo- the bottom part of your hoodie. Up to your mouth. So cheese fans apparently aren't going to yell. So I think we're expecting a very silent arrowhead. I, 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 at least that's what Colin Cowherd's expecting. Yeah, you know, I, I read something uh, in kind of a sciencey article uh, uh, earlier today about how actually when it's when it's colder outside because of the, the I guess the distance uh, sound has to travel, it seems as if it's not actually louder, but it's to us, it sounds like things are louder when it's colder. So apparently there's some science that, that says that that is not you know, necessarily the case. 
Now, I mean, if I know the Arrowhead crowd like I think I do, they're going to be loud and wild no matter what. It could be, you know, a, a hundred degrees and humid, or or it could be frigid cold, and they will be out there cheering on the Chiefs. Uh, um, that that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I don't know what uh, movie clip this is from, but did you see this Wednesday evening? The Chiefs put out a uh, video roughly around 6 or 7 o'clock in the evening. Basically, Patrick Mahomes, well, not Patrick Mahomes, but whoever this character is. I want to say this is Game of Thrones. I can't really tell. I've never seen Game of Thrones. But uh, basically, the, the, the character is throwing a spear at a dragon, and the dragon's on its way down dying, and it lands on Colin Coward. And I have no idea who the person next to Coward is. Uh, 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 the fella from uh, Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt, who... You know, one hundred percent, the Colts are are gonna win, and, and if they if they don't win, I'm gonna wear oh. a bucket on the show. Yeah, so so it was uh, it was Cowherd and and that guy uh, in in the video. I, I mean, the Chiefs' social media team, kudos to them. They've been on fire this season. They've just been putting out some great stuff, and and that video is among them. You know what's funny you say that? I, I, I recall a time where, and I think this was like during the Carl Peterson as well as the Scott Pioli eras, where they were really hush-hush on a lot of these kinds of things. Like, hey, let's not show a personality. personality. Let's be really quiet about these kinds of things. But they've been kind of out there. And obviously they're responding to these critics. The Patriots are kind of doing the same thing because they are three-point underdogs for the first time in more than, what, 1,200 days they made T-shirts that say, uh, it says uh, on the on the Patriots logo, "Bet against us again," because they're three point betting underdogs. Uh, what do you make of the Patriots? Tom Brady saying people think we suck to Tracy Wolfson. The the Patriots put out this montage on Twitter about people picking against them or not favoring them. It's like you guys are five time Super Bowl champions. What are you complaining about? It, it's a little absurd to me, <laughs> to, to be honest. I think maybe they're trying to do this little underdog mentality push that that kind of the Eagles had last year uh, with with the Super Bowl. You know, no one believed in them and their team, and you know they kind of used that as a little rah rah energy to to fire them up. But that doesn't really work when you're you know appearing in your eighth straight AFC Championship game. No one's underrating or you know, underappreciating Tom Brady and the Patriots. They've been the best team in football for literally years. And to to come out there and say that, oh, no one believes in us, bet, bet against us. I mean, that just tells me that, one, they're scared, and two, they're listening too much to, to what's going on, what the people are saying. And I think they might fall for the same kind of trap that the Jaguars fell for earlier this season when – you know, people were like, oh, the Jaguars, the number one defense can't go into Arrowhead and, and beat, you know, Patrick Mahomes and these Chiefs. And, and they were laughing it up. They were, they were literally in press conferences. Their players were laughing at, at that idea. And, and then they came in to Arrowhead and, and got a rude awakening. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it seems a little silly to me that they, they truly believe that, oh, we're the underdog Patriots. You know, the, the the Chiefs did kind of do the same thing just Wednesday evening in response to those two guys we talked about, but it was like a short 14-second clip. This is like a week-long 
pity party that the Patriots are throwing here. And again, it's like, you're the freaking Patriots. I'm not quite sure. Like, what about, what did I miss here? First of all, there, I, I've seen like analysts, and I can't remember what, which analyst said this, but he said something to the effect of, you know, outside of like blind homers for the Jets, uh, Bills and Dolphins, and even them, then not many of them are saying this. Who is saying that the Patriots suck? Like, like, where did, is, is Tom Brady still living in the era where, uh, he reads all the scouting reports when he was a sixth round pick? Like, what, what exactly happened where the Patriots are playing this, uh, heavy victim card? It, it just seems too comical for me. And I spoke to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest earlier this week, and he said that they did a uh, teleconference with Belichick, and Belichick just kind of shoot off all these questions. I, I mean, he does it with almost every question, to be fair. But uh, look, when Belichick's not even willing to address that kind of stuff, is it really worth making a big deal out of? That's that's just kind of the way I look at it from an outsider's perspective uh, outside of Boston, either the Boston area. Yeah, I mean, you know, Belichick is going to be Belichick. He's going to drone on and kind of, you know, mumble out his, his two cents and that'll be that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure where, where it all came from. And my thoughts are it is maybe it's in their own head. Maybe they're the ones who think they suck. I mean, they, they had some real struggles on the road this season. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I have to wonder if that's still not fresh in their minds and that's why they're, so concerned and making such a big deal out of it i mean look let's say the patriots win this i i'm 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 kind of interested although i hope not to see that happen i'm curious how they really play this up because look there is a reason to pick against the patriots and reasons to pick against the chiefs too look it's the afc champion you got the top two teams in the in the conference so it's going to be a close game i think but there are reasons to pick against both teams. You look at the Patriots, as you just mentioned, they haven't been a good road team this year. Three and five on the road, and you're playing a team whose only home loss this year was by one point in a miracle comeback where if they show a little bit of aggressiveness in that Thursday night loss to the Chargers, they're probably an undefeated, one of two undefeated teams, the Patriots being the other team. So it is just kind of funny seeing that side of things. But we'll move on from that. I really want to get to this matchup here because it is an exciting one. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. It's it's a five-time Super Bowl champion versus a guy who could really duplicate some of Tom Brady's success in his NFL career. Uh, At the same time, I think defensively, everyone is just really surprised with how Bob Sutton and this defense performed this past Saturday against the Colts. You've got to think that same game plan that Bob Sutton and Andy Reid devised, I'm sure it's mostly Sutton that handles those defensive duties. you got to repeat that this week because if you want to slow down Tom Brady and that high-powered Patriots offense, and again, I know Brady hasn't been a top-five quarterback this year, but that doesn't mean you underestimate him when it comes to postseason, the postseason. And you gotta, you got to hope that Chris Jones, Justin Houston, D. Ford, they come away with the best games of their careers, essentially, in this game. Yeah, and... You know, the interesting thing is I, I took a look, I went back, I took a look at the the Chiefs roster composition back the last time when the Patriots played in Arrowhead Stadium in twenty fourteen when they were blown out by forty one to the score forty one to fourteen. And after the game there were talks, is Tom Brady finished? Is this, that, the other thing? And, you know, you look at some of the guys who were along that defensive line who created that havoc and pressure that that really hurt Tom Brady and that core is still there. You've got Justin Houston, you've got Alan Bailey, 
and you've got D Ford who rotated in a few times during that game. So you've got those three guys as starters, and now you add in Chris Jones, who's coming off one of the most monster seasons a defensive tackle has ever had for for the Chiefs. I mean, you've got to consider that they can maybe have a repeat performance in terms of of pressuring the quarterback. And then you think back to to just their their matchup from earlier this season, and you know the Chiefs were a few you know inches away from from sacking Tom Brady a few times, but they didn't get it because Justin Houston wasn't on the field. He was injured for that game. He was out. So now, you know, you're looking at a a more complete defensive front that can put pressure on the quarterback. And then you kind of look at the evolution on, on, in the defensive secondary and how they've kind of changed with the addition of, of Jordan Lucas in there more consistently. You've got Charvarius Ward playing, at a really high level now. Um, and of course, there's the wild card of, will Eric Berry play in this game? He practiced uh, on Wednesday in full. And I mean, that suggests without a setback, maybe he could play. So you're looking at a much stronger defense than maybe he's had in those past two meetings with the, with the Chiefs there. Uh, uh, that that I was recalling the one 2014, the one earlier this season. So uh, I'm thinking that that the game plan uh, that they'll be able to dial some things up that that is going to get after Tom Brady. You know, you mentioned that 2014 game, and I look back. Obviously, that was a Patriots team that went to the Super Bowl, but at that exact moment when they visited the Chiefs, they weren't playing like a Super Bowl team at that moment. I look at the Chiefs right now offensively obviously they're way better I mean they have one of the best offenses in NFL history this season so clearly they were they're way better defensively speaking you could say they're not as good as 2014's defense because that 2014 defense never surrendered 30 or more points in a single game that year whereas at the same time this current defense as bad as they've been as many yards they've allowed first of all they've turned it up quite a bit when it came to playoff time against the Colts. Again, the the second best team in terms of passing touchdowns behind uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But on top of that, they had 52 sacks in the league this year, which ties for the most with the Steelers. And it kind of makes me wonder, those 52 sacks, that could be a key X factor for this football team. I'm curious, do you look at the fact that the Chiefs blew out the Patriots in that game at Arrowhead and maybe the Chiefs could be viewed as a better team than the one in 2014. And you look at the Patriots now, yeah, sure, they're in the AFC Championship, but are they still the same caliber team than the one that we saw in 2014? And maybe that could lead to a surprising blowout kind of thing. Do, do, you, do you get my drift there, or, or am I looking too much into that? I know. I, I mean, I think you might be onto something here because, you know, when, when you look at that back at that 2014 team and you look at some of the names on the roster, you know, Mike McGlynn starting at left guard, you know, much maligned Mike <laughs> McGlynn, like, like, ugh, like he, he, he brings up that type of feeling when you think about his time with the chiefs, uh, their leading wide receiver, Dwayne Bow, or their second wide receiver, Donnie Avery, uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you have two guys who are out of the league right now and James Michael Johnson and Josh Malga. Your, your, your nickel corner, Chris Owens, 
He's playing flag football now. You've got Sean Smith, who <laughs> might be in jail. I don't even know. And then you got Marcus Cooper, who I believe, is he still with somebody? Maybe the Bears still? I, I don't remember. But, he, you know, you've got a lot of these names where it's like, wow, did that team really do that to, to the Patriots, to a Patriots team that went on to the Super Bowl? And then you're looking at it side by side with, with, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you've got a, you know, stud offensive line, even with some, some backups in there. You got Andrew Wiley in there. I, I, I mean, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, that is miles ahead of, of Dwayne Bowen and Donnie Avery. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, when you look at the defense, they've got some really solid pieces that, that are playing on this team this year. So, so when you compare those two teams, it, it makes you kind of wonder, like, is this a team that could maybe possibly repeat that type of dominant performance at home in front of the Arrowhead crowd? And I, I think it's a question we need to be asking and, and considering. Um, there, I don't think there's any reason why not. And you go and you look at the Patriots roster and yeah, they've got some really good pieces, but are they the same caliber team that could go back to the Super Bowl? I don't know that for sure. Charles Goldman here with us on the Chiefs Zone Podcast, managing editor for ChiefsWire.com, part of USA Today's Wire Network. Give him a follow on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL. Uh, Charles, it, it is just kind of interesting kind of looking at this matchup. And here's what I said earlier in the week. And by the way, I hate when I get these questions from, from listeners. A lot of people are asking, you know, who would you rather face in the divisional round and in the AFC Championship and in the Super Bowl? It's like, well... First of all, if we're picking who's the quote-unquote easier team, look at last year. Everyone viewed the Eagles as the easiest team in the world in the playoffs, and we saw how that went. I, I've, I'm always in the belief that if a team is where they're at, they're there for a reason. They're not going to be an easy team. Now, with that said, I wanted the Patriots for this AFC Championship matchup because what a better way to go to the Super Bowl and dethrone the team that's not only run the NFL, but obviously they've dominated the AFC for what, the past 18 years since Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been a duo. And I kind of wonder if the Patri- if the if the Chiefs do dethrone the Patriots, if you would, could that really view the Chiefs not just as favorites in the Super Bowl? And I know Chiefs fans may not be too worried about this right now, but even years down the road, people might view this Chiefs team as an unstoppable team as long as you've got Andy Reid. And if you can extend guys like Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, and maybe keep Sammy Watkins around a little bit longer, or maybe find someone even better to replace him as a number two guy. This is a team that could be a force to be reckoned with, like the Patriots, for years to come. Do you see that coming in Kansas City's way if they do come away, especially if if it's a convincing win? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think there's no reason why not. Um, if they are the team to you know kind of take down the the uh, the former champ to be, I mean, it's uh, it's just it. It, it's so so interesting that we're here right now because you know er, earlier this season I don't think anyone really expected this and now you know we're discussing is this is this Chiefs team going to be a dynasty you know yeah. and uh, it it it's just it it's crazy to think how far they've come in such a, a short period of time and we have to remember this is just very early on in, in Patrick Mahomes' career. Like his ceiling right now, I, I, there is no ceiling. I mean, he can get as good as he wants to get, be as good as he wants to be. Um, he's just got to put in the work. And, and his what he's done this season alone, 
um, will attract players to the Chiefs, not just uh, in, in terms of free agency, but, you know, when the Chiefs come calling after the draft, you know, the top undrafted free agents available, are they going to, when they see Kansas City Chiefs or calling them, are they going to want to come and play with Patrick Mahomes? I think you bet. And, you know, that alone is going to make this team very hard to beat because personnel department's been so great at acquiring these pieces uh, through various different means. And, you know, building a team is about so much more than, than simply the, the one guy. And yes, Patrick Mahomes makes this team good, but when, when you hear him talk after the games, all of the credit is to all the people around him. It's never about, you know, hey, I got this cannon arm or, you know, I, I made this really cool play or this throw. It's always about the catch that Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey made. It's always about how the defense came out and picked them up when when they weren't, you know, completing drives. It's all about how, you know, Damian Williams ran behind his pads and really hard and, and, and helped out. It's all about how offensive line, you know, kept him clean so that he could, could make that throw. Uh, it, it's, it's never about just him. So I, I have to think that if they continue putting the right pieces around this kid, that this team is really going to have a chance to do something special, something that maybe – we haven't seen before in NFL history, even with the crazy success that the New England Patriots have had. Um, so it, it, it's really kind of, it's, it's poetic almost if the Chiefs do happen to go on, and I believe they will defeat the Patriots uh, in the AFC Championship game. Uh, it, it's really almost poetic and, and magical in a sense that they're going up against this team with, with all these questions about the future and, and what it holds. You know, it's interesting you mentioned free agents wanting to express interest in the Chiefs. Kind of reminds me of the fact that LeBron James, when he went to Miami and there was that talk about, oh, the big three is going to be formed only if LeBron goes, and then going back to Cleveland and people who had interest in joining Cleveland. Now, uh, within the past year, he joined the Los Angeles Lakers, and you're hearing rumors of guys like Anthony Davis and and, uh, 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 Carmelo Anthony, whoever else out there, uh, Kawhi Leonard, could be eventually, maybe not right now, but eventually they'll make their way to Los Angeles because they want to be part of a big dynasty. Of course, the Lakers, a notable name, uh, not as notable. I mean, the Chiefs are not as notable as the Lakers, obviously, but uh, Patrick Mahomes does bring that notoriety to this football team, similar to how LeBron has kind of helped resurrect the the Lakers a little bit. And and seeing his injury right now, you kind of see that. And and that's the comparison I'm making here is that what if a lot of these free agent pass catchers say, hey, you know what, I want to go out there and catch a lot of pass and get a lot of yards, and maybe I can do that with Patrick Mahomes. So that is kind of an interesting point you make. I do want to say this, uh, going back to this matchup here, obviously the Chiefs don't have Kareem Hunt, and the reason I make a point of that is because Kareem Hunt did have big uh, uh, receiving touchdowns against the Patriots in both meetings this season and last season. Tyreek Hill also had uh, a big hand in both of those games. He had a 75-yard receiving touchdown in both of those meetings, uh, the second one was a bigger one because I believe when he had that third touchdown that went for 75 yards, that actually gave the Chiefs the lead coming back from behind. 
I think it's almost a, I mean, if you wanted to do like a prop bet for this game, I would put money that Tyreek Hill does have a big football game against this Patriots team, given not, not just the fact that he's a good player, but he just seems to do really well against the Patriots for whatever reason. This time you have them at home, and it just seems to bode well in his favor. Do you think he'd be a good favorite to have not just a good game, but maybe a monster game, kind of similar to what he did in Week 6? Yeah, I think the Patriots are going to try to to stop uh, Tyreek Hill. The key word there is try, because, you know, uh, Bill Belichick was asked about it, in, in in one of his press conferences earlier in the week or, or maybe following their game against the Chargers. And then, you know, they asked him, how do you, how, how do you simulate Tyreek Hill in practice? And he's like, how do you simulate him? Can you make somebody <laughs> fast? I mean, like you, you, there's, there's few people in the world that have the, the class of speed that Tyreek Hill has. So, I mean, really, the only way to prepare for him is to play against him. And, you know, they have the benefit of doing that earlier this season. But, you know, was it enough for them to make, you know, significant adjustments to take him out of the game? I I don't think so, especially not with Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Damian Williams, all those guys on the field. And, and, you know, I make emphasis on Damian Williams because, uh, you know, he's a real interesting person in this game. I wrote an article uh, for, for Chiefs Wire went up uh, the morning of the 16th about Damian Williams and how he's got some unfinished business against the Patriots. Um, when he's with the Dolphins, he faced them five times in his career, and he never really had the opportunity to be the lead guy until his last start uh, with one, the Miami Dolphins, and it was also uh, the, the last time that he faced the Patriots when he was with the Dolphins. And he was injured in that game. It was the third quarter. Uh, he, the, the Dolphins were down, but they were, they were kind of marching down the field. And, you know, it, it was the point in the game where, okay, every snap, every play counts because if we don't, you know, break off a long run, if we don't do this, we don't do that, it's it's we're we're out of the game. We're not going to win. We can't come back. And he breaks off a long run. He was, I believe, second and seven. Breaks off a long run. It's about a thirteen yard run or so. And you know, just fights for those extra yards. And because of it, he goes down hard on his shoulder, suffers the shoulder injury that takes him out for the rest of the twenty seventeen season. And that's how he he kind of comes and ends up with the Chiefs. And here he is now, the biggest stage uh, ever. And he has a chance to be the starting guy, the the main running back against this team that's really been a thorn. I think he had a two and three record against them when he was with the Dolphins. Like he's really been a thorn in the side of his former team. And, you know, I mean, they've been dominating the league for so long. So he, he has kind of an opportunity to, 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 settle the score to get, get a little bit of redemption against a team that has caused him some trouble in the past that, that he didn't really get that opportunity against before. And knowing the type of competitive person that he is, I mean, he could have a monster performance in this game. They, they're going to want to get ready for this one. That's a very, very interesting point. I kind of forgot about the fact that he had some opportunities against the Patriots with the Dolphins and, uh, you know, obviously hasn't had the, most 
notable career while he was there in Miami. So that is very, uh, that is very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. That is going to be an interesting matchup to uh, keep an eye on. And he had a very good game. The offensive line looked great in that uh, in that Colts matchup. Offensive line surprised me. Maybe not as much as the defense, but that offensive line I think had by far their best game of the year. And you saw that on the stat sheet alone, just right there. Uh, I know they allowed four sacks to Mahomes. A couple of them, you know, I, I feel like they did their best to extend plays as long as they could, and Mahomes just couldn't find anybody. Uh, and that was kind of telling on that fourth down play right there that they went for, and that was the only conversion they uh, could not make. But for the most part, I thought that offensive line, especially when it came to run blocking, they played really well. And I, that RPO is something the Colts really struggle with. I'd be very interested in seeing how the Patriots try to work against it if the Chiefs have a similar offensive game plan. Uh, Charles, uh, I'll let you go shortly. Uh, Last thing from you, I just want to know, obviously a big game, and it's the first ever AFC Championship game in the history of Arrowhead Stadium. First time the Chiefs are hosting an AFC Championship game in their franchise. Everyone's going to be excited for this. This is going to be crazy. The nation's watching. It kind of feels like the main event of the conference championship weekend because it's the last one, and everyone's watching because they just don't want to see the Patriots move on. I've seen Chargers, Raiders fans, and Broncos fans all pulling for the Chiefs in this one, at least a wide majority of them. How do you see this this going down? What's your score prediction? Yeah, I hadn't even really thought too much about my score prediction yet. But I, I do think that the Chiefs are coming out on top and probably by at, at least two touchdowns. Um, I, I, I truly feel that, that this is their time, that, that this team is going to come together. They're going to rally around, you know, the history, the opportunity, the players, the coaching staff, the ownership, the city, and they're going to make this happen by any means possible. Um, and, and, you know, I just think the Patriots are, are going up against something that is perhaps uh, too too special to stop. Um, it, it's just one of those things where where it feels it feels like it's meant to be, and uh, you know, and that's no disrespect to the Patriots and and their players and uh, their fans even because you know, passionate fan base, extremely extremely great coaching staff and players. And and I just have to wonder, you know, when when the going gets tough, when it's negative degrees out there and they need that extra inch, are they going to be motivated to get it? I know the Chiefs are. I know the Chiefs are. But are the Patriots really going to be motivated in front of that crowd to go out there and fight that extra inch, that extra effort to get it? And, and I just I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they are, and I don't think they are. Should be very interesting. The Chiefs have scored 40-plus points in each of the last three regular season meetings against the Patriots. There was that uh, postseason meeting where the Patriots won, off the top of my head, I think it was 27-20. to Is that correct, Charles? Yeah, 27-20 in the divisional round. That was after the 1-5 start. The Chiefs beat the Texans and then fell to the Patriots. So, didn't get 40 points at that time. But, boy, uh, I mean, the Chiefs really do have the hot hand. Just anytime they play the Patriots, they're the only ones who are able to do the things that they've been able to do against New England on a consistent basis. So, 
we'll see how it all pans out. Hey, Charles, first time we've ever had you on the podcast. Appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll have you back on sometime down the road. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe uh, with the snowstorm in Illinois. I know we'll be getting it shortly right after you. So uh, we'll be still in this weekend, but hopefully everyone will have their power and be able to watch the game on Sunday. Appreciate you making time for us. We will talk again down the road. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm, I'm sure I'll be back in the future, and we'll be talking some Chiefs football. All right. Great, Charles. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. All right. Off he goes. That was Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire. In fact, he also has the Chiefs Wire podcast. Go to ChiefsWire.com and look for that podcast link, and you can listen to that as well, along with this Chiefs podcast. So if you want to add another Chiefs podcast to your library then go check out more of Charles Goldman on his website. All right, moment of truth. Moment you have all been waiting for the Chiefs and Patriots breakdown. Look, you guys know about this coaching staff. Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, Brian Flores. No one has the defensive coordinator title, but Brian Flores is considered the defensive coordinator. In fact, that his... Uh, that is drawing uh, some interest from other teams in interviewing Flores for a head coaching job. So he is considered the defensive coordinator on this team, and Joe Judge, the special teams coordinator for the Pats. Chiefs are three-point favorites in this one. You look at the Patriots' offense, they're top five in points per game, total offense, and rushing. They're just outside the top five in passing. So they're in the top five or in top ten in those four categories, you look at Brady, and I mentioned this with Charles, uh, he, he's not a top five quarterback. 4,355 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, 11 picks, 21 sacks. Not bad numbers, but he's not in the top five uh, when it comes to passing yards, touchdowns, and completions. He's outside of the top five in all three of those categories. In the top ten, he's either eighth or tenth in those three categories that I mentioned, but the Patriots have gotten some help on offense this year from their running backs. You look at Sonny Michel, he fell short of 1,000 yards in his rookie season, but having a phenomenal year, six touchdowns, uh, six touchdowns on the season, 129 yards, and three touchdowns against the, the Chargers. So half of his rushing touchdown total on the season, he matched at uh, half of that rather in one game against Los Angeles and also you look at Rex Burkhead uh he ran four times in this game for 12 yards and had a touchdown on the ground James White uh I talked about him earlier I mentioned he'd be an important player in this game zero carries for the running back had 15 catches which tied an NFL postseason record for most catches in a single playoff game for 97 yards and I'll get to the rest of the pass catchers in a moment, but this uh, this James White guy, he's going to be someone who the Chiefs need to keep an eye on. And I would be—I don't think James White's going to have another 15 catch game, but I think him and Sony Michelle together, I think they could do a lot of damage against this Chiefs team through the air. Now, let me read you the rest of the numbers from the offense. Julian Edelman. This past week, everyone knows about Julian Edelman, and one of the favorites of uh, of Tom Brady through the air. Nine. Caught passes for 151 yards against the Chargers this past week. Philip Dorsett had just one catch for four yards, but that one catch was in the end zone. Gronk had just one catch in this football game. Not the Gronk that we're 
so used to knowing and hearing about so much, but still, he you never know when he can break through and make an impact in a football game. Uh, and don't forget, forget about Chris Hogan. Contributor on the in, the in the receiving core and returner Cordell Patterson. He can always use his speed against his Chiefs secondary. Now here's the key matchup here: the offensive line. I mentioned that Brady has only been sacked 21 times this year. Comparing that to Mahomes, it's 26 times. Whereas Mahomes has been able to escape some of the pressure and step out of the pocket, whereas Brady doesn't do that as often. Uh, you look at the offensive line; uh, they've got to have their A game ready, and they haven't faced a pass rush as good as this one either. Left tackle Trent Brown, he will go up against Justin Houston. Trent Brown's only allowed three and a half sacks on the year, committed five penalties. Justin Houston, he's got nine sacks, and by the way, five forced fumbles this season. Left guard Joe Thune, he'll be going up against Chris Jones. He has yet to allow a sack this season. He's been penalized four times, and he's going up against Chris Jones, a guy who broke the record for most consecutive sacks uh, most consecutive games with a sack, excuse me, and he's got 15 and a half on the year. That's third most in the NFL. Marcus Cannon, the right tackle, eight-year veteran, will face D. Ford. Cannon's only surrendered two sacks. He has six flags under his belt, and you look at D. Ford going up against Cannon. He's registered 13 sacks and seven forced fumbles. That ties for most in the NFL with J.J. Watt. Brady was not sacked once last week. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, kept his jersey clean. He was sacked twice against the Chiefs, however. And the last time he was sacked more than once was in week 14 against the Miami Dolphins. Look, if you want to beat Tom Brady and this Patriots offense, this front seven has to have the best the best game they've ever had this season. Justin Houston, D. Ford, you know those guys are capable of getting around. They faced a very good offensive line last week in the Indianapolis Colts. Very young offensive line, but still did a very good job uh, all year long protecting Andrew Luck. And they had problems against the Chiefs. Justin Houston got in there for two sacks. Steve Ford got in there for a sack strip, which was picked up by Justin Houston. So you know Houston and Ford are going to be Key players once again for the Chiefs defense. Chris Jones, quiet game for him against the Colts, but you never know when he could break through, of course. He's overdue. It's been a while since we've last heard Chris Jones' name attached to a sack uh, lately. So Chris Jones is overdue to get through uh, an interior offensive lineman, and more specifically, possibly that would be against Joe Thune, and he could get a sack on Tom Brady. So that would be very key to see. Again, keep in mind, D. Ford has seven forced fumbles that ties for most in the NFL. Justin Houston has five forced fumbles just uh, inside within the top five. So you know that the, this Chiefs team, not only are they good at going after the quarterback, they hit you really hard. And it's evident of that when you look at the forced fumble totals for the Chiefs. Twelve total forced fumbles just from Justin Houston and D. Ford alone. Chris Jones has forced a pair of uh, of fumbles uh, this year. So that is something that the Chiefs will definitely need in this football game against a very good offensive line. And again, they've done a good job protecting Brady. 21 sacks on the year. Now you look over to the offensive side of the football uh, for the Chiefs going up against this Patriots defense. Seventh in points per game allowed. 21st in total defense. 22nd against the pass. And they're 11th against the run. And this Chiefs offense really has the ability to move the football on this football team. But you look at 
points per game. Again, the Patriots, top 10 in that category, very good. It's kind of similar to Kansas City's bend-don't-break defense in from years past and how they allow a lot of yards but not a lot of points, and the Chiefs have got to make sure that they are able to finish strong in the red zone. So, And I don't have the red zone numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you the Patriots are probably high on that list given the numbers we're seeing right now. Being so high in total defense, or low in total defense rather, but very high in points allowed, and that tells you they're able to end drives when they really need to the most. Quarterback Stephon Gilmer, the only pro bowler on this team outside of Tom Brady. Two picks all year now doesn't necessarily tell the entire story. Very good shutdown quarterback. Uh, he also had one pick, by the way, against Phillip Rivers on Sunday. He did, however, get burned early in the game against Keenan Allen. And you know Stephon Gilmore is going to be facing a much better receiving core this week. You've got Tyreek Hill, who's had more than 1,400 receiving yards. You've got Sammy Watkins, who came back from injury and looked very good against the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday. In fact, on the opening drive, looked very good helping this Chiefs offense get underway. Quarterbacks, uh, I mentioned Stephon Gilmer. The other quarterback, J.C. Jackson, uh, very good corner, uh, good cover guys, very physical corners as well. But the question is, can they keep up with this offense? Uh, you might be facing Tyreek Hill on one play, and then Chris uh, uh, Chris Conley or Demarcus Robinson the next, and those are still guys who are capable of making big plays for this Chiefs offense. Like I mentioned earlier, playmakers viable targets all around and that is what this Chiefs offense needs that's what Patrick Mahomes needs coming into this football game other key players on the defense Kyle Van Noy led the team in tackles with 92 on the year had just four tackles however on the season though he's at three and a half sacks and a forced fumble Devin McCourty second on the team with 82 tackles he led the team with seven alongside the other safety on the team Patrick Chung both uh, each had seven tackles against the Chargers. Now, this is where the Chiefs could have some trouble here. Mitchell Schwartz did allow a sack. Eric Fisher had some problems in this game. Allowed a sack. Also allowed one uh, play uh, where Damian Williams carried the football and the play was just dis- disrupted from the get-go as soon as he got the handoff. And then he had the back-to-back uh, plays with penalties on that one. So, kind of some concerns here as to how this Chiefs uh, offensive line, more specifically the tackles, they try to bounce back. After struggling a bit. Like I mentioned, uh, Mitchell Schwartz did allow a sack, as did uh, Eric Fisher. And you look at Trey Flowers in this game. He'll be going up against Eric Fisher. Or, uh, correction, that's actually going to be Lawrence Guy. Uh, Lawrence Guy's going to be going up against Eric Fisher. Lawrence Guy, on the season, one sack for him and a forced fumble. Still, although... Uh, not very high numbers there. Does a good job of putting pressure on quarterbacks. That's a stat that you don't see on the NFL.coms or ESPN.coms of the world. Uh, Trey Flowers on the other side going up against Mitchell Schwartz. He has seven and a half sacks on the year and three forced fumbles, leading the Patriots in both of those categories. Uh, got a sack against Phillip Rivers on Sunday. Defensive end Adrian Claiborne came in rotation and got a sack on Rivers. He had just two and a half on the season. So this Chiefs offensive line needs to be ready for what the Patriots are going to bring. You've also got Danny Shelton in the middle at the defensive tackle spot, as well as Malcolm Brown, guys who are capable of coming through from time to time. So this offensive line has to be on its A game, especially against those defensive ends, Flowers and Guy. Let me say this about the Chiefs offense going up against this Pats defense. Kansas City is first in the NFL when it comes to first quarter points. 
They average nine nine and a half sa- or excuse me nine and a half points in the first quarter. Led the league by a wide margin. The Rams were second in the NFL with six point four points in the first quarter. The Pats were third on that list with six points per game in the first quarter. Obviously, there's a big big distance, a big gap between number one in the Chiefs and number two in the Rams and number three with the Patriots right behind the Rams. So you know the Chiefs need to get off to a good start. The reason I mentioned this, every time the Chiefs won a coin toss and they did this against the Colts, which I was really surprised about, the Chiefs always defer when they win the coin toss. I know there's a lot of opinions on whether it's good to start with the football or get it get, get it at halftime, after halftime rather. Uh, I see the benefits in both. But you got to make sure this Arrowhead crowd does not get taken out of it. And the way you let that happen is if the Patriots get the football first and if they score on their opening drive, well then your game plan changes up a little bit offensively. Sure, you still have those 15 scripted plays and whatnot, but uh, let's say you do go three and out, and the Chiefs have had some three and outs uh, to end this regular season. You got to make sure that you don't fall from behind in this football game. That is a very big part in trying to make sure you don't fall behind in the AFC Championship. And if you do, playing catch-up against this Pats team, I know the Chiefs almost completed a comeback before, but doing it twice even at home, not going to be an easy task. That's a big concern of mine for, uh, for me coming into this game. Do not fall behind against this Patriots team. I want the Chiefs to get the ball first. But what if the Chiefs just have that aggressive feeling and they want to let Bob Sutton's defense take a, uh, try to go out there and dominate and force a 3 and out like they did against the Colts? Listen, I get the Colts. They're a great offense. And I know the Patriots offense not as good this year, but... I'm not going to sit here and compare Andrew Luck and Tom Brady. Again, I understand that we can only go on this season, and I've said it many times myself, you know, historic stats, they're not relevant to 2019 right now, to the 2019 postseason. But the thing about Tom Brady is, because of his history, his very decorated history in the postseason in the past, again, Charles mentioned it, eight straight AFC Championship game appearances, you just can never doubt this Patriots, especially with Bill Belichick. There's something funny about Bill Belichick, man. Uh, you can always come up with this game plan. Bill Belichick always comes up with the strangest game plans, and in a good way, if you're a Patriots fan. You know that Belichick is going to go out there and... Pull some tricks out of the bag and surprise you with look at the comeback against the Falcons. The the Patriots looked like they were about to take a knee with a few seconds left in the fourth quarter, and they actually run a play almost breaking through for a touchdown. You can never go to sleep on this Patriots team with Bill Belichick. You've got to be on your toes at all times. And I say that because we know Andy Reid has a history of maybe being too complacent and being too comfortable and letting teams come back gradually from that. You don't want to allow that. Screw their feelings, man. Kill it. Shove it down their throats. Score as much as you can. I don't care what you put on game film. The Saints nor the Rams, they can watch all the game film possible and maybe even pull a Patriots spygate and film all the Chiefs' uh, signals. You cannot stop this Patrick Mahomes-led offense. You just can't. That's why this Chiefs team needs to play good football for four quarters on offense. And if they do so, they'll put up 30, maybe even 40 points against this Patriots team. By the way, I mentioned last three regular season meetings. 
Chiefs have scored 40 plus points. Didn't do so in that postseason meeting, but they've got a chance to do so here at Arrowhead. We know what happened the last time they played at Arrowhead. 41 points. Is that right? People say the score is 41-14. No, the score was 41-7. After they benched Brady, Garoppolo went in there and threw a touchdown pass to Gronk in garbage time. And the only people who benefited from that not even Vegas betters, because the Chiefs, at that point, they way covered the spread. Only people who benefit from that, the 99% of people who started Gronk and the 0.1% of people who started Garoppolo. Those were the only people who benefited from that touchdown. In this football game, you've got to make sure that this Chiefs offense, I want to see them on the field first. Andy Reid does like to defer, so I don't know if that will change. But if there was ever a time to do so, this is the game. Get off to a 7-0 start. And hopefully your defense, that'll fire them up a little bit. Motivate them to force a 3 and out. Get the football back. Get off to a 14-0 lead. Just like how you did against the Colts. I know the way it all happened was the other way around. Where the defense started and the offense came out second. But you've got, you've got to make sure you do everything possible to not let the Patriots score first. And I think that a big part of that is... If you win the coin toss, you'd receive it rather than defer. Again, this is why I'm not a head coach, but uh, I, I don't think it takes a genius to know that Bill Belichick, when he has the lead to start off a game, it is not good news for you. So you've got to make sure that you do everything in your power to hold the lead against the Patriots at all times. And I think starting with the football is a big part of it. And defensively, look... I don't know which Chiefs defense is going to show up. I know we saw the Raiders game. People say what they want about the Raiders, but that offense is no joke with the, with the Raiders. I, I like Derek Carr. I know a lot of Chiefs fans don't, but he's done some good things for the Raiders offense this year. And in years past as well. Now, Andrew Luck, obviously a far better quarterback than Derek Carr. A, high, a much more high-powered offense for the Indianapolis Colts. A lot better playmakers on that Colts offense right there. Now you've got... An even better quarterback, maybe not this season, statistically speaking, but in Tom Brady, you're just ne- you're just not going to underestimate him. You cannot do that against Tom Brady. Look, a big part of me wants to go out there and predict a blowout. I know Charles predicted a two-possession win. A lot of people are predicting two-possession wins for the Chiefs. Uh, I just don't see it happening that way. Uh, I think there is a possibility where the Chiefs... If I had to give you a percentage as to... If there will be a score similar to that week week one match last year or the Monday night football game in week, I, I think it was week five or week six in 2014, I say maybe maybe there's a 10% chance of that. This game's coming down to the wire. Now, before I give you, give you my score, real quickly, before I forget special teams, Steven Goskowski, 27 of 32 field goals, one of the best kickers in the NFL, longest from 52 yards, no blocks, no blocks for the punter either. Ryan Allen, 16th in average punts and 20th in net average yards, 255 return yards allowed. That's the 11th most in the NFL. But if anyone knows Bill Belichick and if he knows anything about Tyreek Hill, you do not punt the football to him. I know Tyreek Hill likes to be a risk taker and he's fumbled quite a bit on special teams. But if you're Bill Belichick, you're not punting the football to him. You're just not. I don't see Tyreek Hill getting a single yard on a return. And if I do, I will be shocked if that happens in this football game. And boy, Bill Belichick could pay the price in this one if he, if he, if he has his punter do that. 
Return specialist Cordell Patterson, pardon me, 28.8 yards per return. That's the fifth best among those with 10 or more kick returns this season. His longest was for 95 yards. That went to the end zone. Julian Edelman had 20 punt returns for 154 yards. That's the 16th most in the NFL. A couple of spots behind Tyree Kill. Although Tyreek Hill has a much higher average, more than 10 yards per return, whereas Edelman close to 8 yards per return. I mentioned getting off to a fast start, that's going to be key for the Chiefs. I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a big game. He's had 75-yard touchdown catches in both meetings in his career against the Patriots. Travis Kelsey, of course, he's got to do what he's done all year long. And we all know what he's capable of. And you know you've got a very good supporting cast. Sammy Watkins. Patrick Mahomes has much more experience than he, did, than he did in week six. Much more experience. He's learned a lot since then. And uh, we, we, I had a question on, on Facebook from Enrique. He said, hey, look, what about passing in the cold? Mahomes seemed a little bit inaccurate, which is, which is actually a, a very fair comment to say. In that Colts game, you got to make sure you're on target with your passes here. That is going to be crucial for the Chiefs in this football game. You've got to minimize your mistakes against Bill Belichick. You make one or two key mistakes, two crucial mistakes, Belichick's going to make you pay for it. And you never want to put yourself in that position. I've got the Chiefs winning this football game. Why? They get off to a fast start. I think the defensive front seven is going to put pressure on Brady. And number three, the biggest reason why, no, not because of Patrick Mahomes, everyone knows he's going to do his thing, but I think Andy Reid and Bob Sutton are going to show off the aggressiveness again. Man, did I fall in love with Bob Sutton's defense against the Colts, and so did all of you guys, and I'm buying into it, man. That's not a bad Colts offense right there. I don't care who they've beat. I'm not taking credit away from that offense. That's a very good offense, and the Chiefs shut that offense down. Now, I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to hold the Colts' offense to six points. Now, they got lucky with a missed field goal and a missed PAT, so, and plus the special teams touchdown. 13 total points. You're not going to hold the Patriots to 13. And if they do, damn, you better win this football game, or else something went terribly wrong. That aggressiveness from Andy Reid and Bob Sutton, we need to see it. Again, and one more time in the Super Bowl. But for right now, in the AFC Championship game, that Lamar Hunt trophy is coming back, and I think it's a game that's going to come down to the wire. 38-35, to there will be tears of happiness, tears of sadness. There will be near heart attacks for all the Chiefs fans watching this game. It's going to be crazy. I've got the Chiefs winning 38-35. Stay tuned. As soon as this podcast is over, you are going to hear my hit. I went on uh, the Talk 1340 once again in Lubbock, Texas. Joined the Raw Bro Show. Uh, a lot of fun talking to those guys. Did it for a second straight week. I will play the audio for that after this, so stay tuned for that. Listen to my appearance on the Raw Bro Show. Uh, if you didn't catch it live or uh, if you uh, missed the retweet uh, I had on social media, I will play it for you guys here on this podcast. So a big thanks to those guys for once again having me on, and we may do it again. We'll see if good things happen, which I anticipate. Facebook.com slash Farzine That's the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. We will do a Facebook Live video at halftime and after the game, and if they do win, 
which I say they will, uh, we will do the live video after the trophy presentation. So please be aware of that if you are waiting for the Facebook live video after the game. If they lose, we'll do it right away. Uh, so be aware of that. Uh, Twitter, at Farzine21. I'll be tweeting throughout the week and during the game. Also posting the uh, same thing with, with Facebook. Same deal there uh, throughout the week and during the game. And then my email, Farzine, at FarzineVesugian.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. And there's a little button right there that says share. You guys have been doing a great job of sharing these podcasts and sharing the Facebook page. Also, I mentioned this on the podcast. You guys have done a killer job. More than one million reaches uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, More than a million. That is awesome. I appreciate it. Let's keep going. Let's keep pedaling. Let's be like Andy Reid. Let's not be uh, complacent here. Let's keep going with that. If you guys get a chance, please invite your friends. There is a place on the Facebook page. If you go to my Facebook page, there's a place that says invite friends. Invite some of your friends. Invite all of them for all I care. Invite any of those who you think will enjoy all this Chiefs talk on the page. So please take the time to do that as well if you get a chance. Guys, this has been a fun year. I hope we've got two more weeks left. One game left. I've got the Chiefs winning. 38-35. The Lamar Hunt Trophy comes back home. My name is Farzim Vesugian. Stay tuned and listen to my appearance on the Talk 1340. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the games. I'll talk to you on Sunday. Here he is, Farzim Vesugian. Thank you for joining us once again, two in a row this week. You've got some info for us. How are you doing today? Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me back on. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. We're, good. we're excited about the week. we got uh, the Patriots coming up for the Chiefs. Uh, it feels like the Chiefs are underdogs, but they're not. They're the favorite in the game. Uh, the Patriots don't have a lot of road success in the playoffs. They win all their games at home. What are your kind of basic generic thoughts on the game? Yeah, and I'll add to what you just said. The Patriots are three and five in road games this year. Uh, they're right now at home. Now, obviously, the Patriots are not at home. But the reason I uh, make a point of that is that the Chiefs are the only team in the NFL that held a lead when they played the game in Foxborough. Now, obviously, you consider all of that, and this is going to be at Arrowhead, where uh, this is the first ever AFC Championship game in uh, Arrowhead Stadium ever. So, you know, a lot of Chiefs fans are excited for this. This is obviously a big moment, and uh, people have been high on the season all along with Patrick Mahomes and the newfound hope, and uh, obviously you're seeing that come to reality this time because this is the first time that so many Chiefs fans have seen the team at this point. Back when I was born, uh, the last time the Chiefs were in the AC Town game, and I was too young to remember that. So this is the moment <laughs> that a lot of people are uh, trying to cherish right now and uh, hoping for the best. Uh, this, a lot of people are saying this is the best team Andy Reid has ever had in Kansas City and Philadelphia combined. But you, you can never underestimate what uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have accomplished in the past. They've been able to uh, pull out uh, some aces out of their pocket and uh, surprise us uh, when we least expect it. So uh, if, if there's a coach out there that is going to come up with a good game plan to at least try to stop Mahomes, Bill Belichick's the guy. So it's going to be a very exciting matchup to see uh, how the game plan coming to work on Sunday evening. Well, that's completely true, that you cannot count out the Patriots. It's... It's juvenile, it's stupid to say that the Patriots won't be prepared, but you talk about all this hype. 
it's been so long since this, it's been so long since that. Uh, you think that the the Chiefs have their best team ever, the the Andy Reid era is upon us. And Colin Cowherd gets on the radio and says, it's not going to be loud because it's too cold. And it's just ridiculous <laughs> that all this hype is surrounding this game and, and Colin Cowherd thinks it's going to be too cold for the fans. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of concerned. I mean, ever since he switched from ESPN to Fox Sports, I mean, he's in the L.A. area. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. You know, what, what did he do when he walks in a room that's below 70 degrees? I mean, <laughs> he's getting a little soft, <laughs> isn't does he? Does he not use his A.C.? What happens? I, I, no, I mean, look, here's the thing. Uh, let me just first off say, a lot of times with these national guys, when they say something negative about uh, a fan base, uh, you, you know, the, the fans get upset about it. And look, I mean, they've got to make a prediction here and there. And I know a lot of people uh, in the uh, sports media industry who in touch with Colin Coward, they've met him, very nice guy, very intelligent guy, too. But all of that said, this is just a, a, a moronic statement to make. I, I'm sorry, but it's just... Agreed. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, last week was cold. Last week, and I don't remember off the top of my head exactly how cold it was, but it was pretty cold. All right, I mean, do you think there's going to be a difference in 20 or 30 or zero? No, it's going to be cold as hell. I mean, everyone's going to be freezing. It's the Arctic blast, they say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're getting ready for the storm. It's supposed to start sometime tomorrow, and it's going to last uh, the next couple of days. But uh, Chiefs fans are too excited for this. If Chiefs fans packed the house last week with the snowstorm and, and everything that happened there, uh, they're going to do it again. They just will. Uh, I mean, the, the Chiefs have... They made an announcement last week, hey, arrive early because of the weather, and I'm sure they're going to make that announcement again this weekend. Look, Chiefs fans, uh, they're too excited to not cheer for this. All right, uh, I, I think Chiefs fans uh, are definitely going to prove him wrong on this. Uh, trust me, it, it's going to be left. By the way, I had someone on Twitter send me uh, uh, the scientific fact about how uh, the uh, about how sound travels better in cold air than hot air. So there's that for you as well. Well, there you go. That's that's a they don't need to be fact. Yeah, maybe uh, they'll take back their record, the decimal record back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, looking in this game this week, the injury report. You know, Eric Berry is. What do you think? Are, is he going to be able to make it a go this week? Especially since it's cold. Is he going to be able to to you know get those those older limbs loosened up and be ready to go and. Spencer Ware's questionable too, I know, and Dorian Dan- O'Daniel. Um, what is the injury list looking like this week? And are any of those guys going to be able to go, or are they just going to? Are we going to see another week that the Chiefs have to get by without Eric Berry? You know, I'd probably be able to give you a better answer in about a couple of hours when Andy reaches the injury report. But I will say this: uh, the Chiefs did release safety Ron Parker yesterday because they activated Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the offensive guard. For the team, where they extended two seasons ago, or two offseasons ago, rather, uh, and to activate a guard and to let go of a safety, uh, that, that, I think that's somewhat telling us right. to what could happen with Eric Derry. Now, I will say Eric Derry has been on the active roster all season long, and he's only played in two games, so people have had this optimistic hope before, and they've been wrong about that. So, right. uh, if you want to go off the most recent news we got, uh, about an offensive guard being activated and a safety was let go, uh, yeah, perhaps it could be uh, an optimistic note for Eric Berry and maybe a reason to feel good about his chances playing on uh, on Sunday. I will say this, if Eric Berry does play, he has not played uh, since, uh, coincidentally, the Patriots game last year in the uh, NFL kickoff game uh, in 2017. Uh, it's been that long since we've last... He did play two games, but again, he was limited in those two games. The reason I make a point of that is 
might not be to his elite form uh, with such minimal activity in the past two seasons, essentially. So I don't know if we would get elite Pro Bowl form in a theory, even if we do see him on Sunday. But I think at this point, a lot of people would still take him if he is available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right on that one. Um the quarterback matchup. Everybody's comparing Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes, saying, you know, it's the the pretty much teacher versus versus student here, sensei versus the little young grasshopper. Do you think that there's anything to be read into that? Is does Patrick you know, the is the feeling around Kansas City is that Patrick is his own his own guy and you know, Tom Brady's going to come into town, yeah, but Patrick's going to do what Patrick's going to do. Or you think he, he ups his game to, to what Tom Brady, you know, everybody expects out of him, too? You know, I, I think uh, both quarterbacks are going to do their own thing. Sure, there is a, a connection there, as you guys all know, and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, who was a teammate of Tom Brady's and obviously Coach Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. So there's a little bit of a connection. Sure, uh, Patrick Mahomes is, has a little bit of familiarity with what the Patriots uh, kind of do, but uh, not to the full extent, of course. Uh, uh, listen, a lot, a lot of defense are viewing this as a passing of the torch, and I'm sure a lot of people view that as well, while a lot of people who are in favor of the Patriots are saying, hey, look, Tom Brady's got one more in him, so uh, he's going to go out there and pull up a big upset in Kansas City. So, and I use that term upset loosely because it is the Patriots, as we mentioned earlier, but it's going to be a very exciting showdown. Uh, we were kind of robbed as to what happened last week when we had Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes, the top two quarterbacks in terms of passing touchdowns. They didn't have that kind of matchup necessarily. In fact, Andrew Luck was the only one who threw for a touchdown pass last week. So right. uh, the Chiefs did have 31 points, and Mahomes did not throw a touchdown. He did run in for one. But I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think you're going to see both quarterbacks stare it out quite a lot. And in fact, with their uh, last time these two teams met, it was a 43-40 win for the Patriots with exactly three seconds left winding down for that game-winning field goal. So you know that these two teams are going to air it out. And, and you know what? Uh, I heard uh, Tony Romo during the Chargers and the Patriots matchup. He said that Bill Belichick, if he wants to beat the Chiefs twice, he's going to have to go out with a completely different game plan. I think the same thing goes for Andy Reid. Whatever game plan you had last time almost worked when the Chiefs rallied to try to come back and, and win that football game and had the lead late in the game. Uh, but both coaches are going to have to come up with something completely new. Uh, you look at the Chiefs' run defense, which is second worst in the NFL. The Colts tried to do that against Kansas City, and it utterly failed early on. That forced the Colts to go pass heavy early on, and they could never erase that deficit. I guarantee you, Bill Belichick has watched a lot of film, and he, he watches film better than anyone in the, in the NFL. He knows that the Chiefs are going to be anticipating that run play on first down, second down on their opening possession. So Belichick's going to have to look at that Colts game and say, hey, look, this didn't work early on. We're going to have to abandon the running game early and surprise them with a few shots. And the Chiefs cornerbacks, very young group of cornerbacks, they kind of surprised. Uh, the Colts last week, but is that going to happen two weeks in a row, especially against a better offensive team? That's going to be the big question mark. A lot of people were surprised with the defensive performance, especially from defensive coordinator Bob Sutton, who's been under scrutiny all season long. Now the challenge is, can he do it two in a row? Uh, we're talking here with Farzine Vasugian from the Chief Zone podcast and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, you talked about surprises there. The biggest surprise last week to me was the Kansas City defense. Yeah who much maligned over the season, talked about how bad they were all season, really showed up against the Colts, especially in that first half. How do they repeat that performance? I think 
under Andy Reid, you just have to understand, hey, look, uh, you've got the two best head coaches in the game. You've got Bob Sutton, who was a former New York Jets defensive coaching assistant who has a lot of experience going up against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So the good news is you've got Bob Sutton, who, who again, has the familiarity, but how much of that is going to come into play this Sunday? I, I mean, a lot of those defensive teams in the AFC East, they have a lot of familiarity with the Patriots, but they've had constant problems slowing down that Patriots offense. Yeah, a lot of familiarity so, uh, losing to the Patriots. Yeah, that, that too as well. That, that as well. But uh, you look at everything that the Chiefs did in that Colts game, hey, look, whatever you did the first time, try to do it again. Again, I understand Andrew Luck and Tom Brady, two completely different levels right there, but at the same time, uh, they're both high-powered offenses. Tom Brady has taken a bit of a step back this season. So could the same game plan work? Could a similar approach with a couple of adjustments? But keeping that aggressiveness right there, could that work? That's going to be the big key right there. Uh, you got two rookie quarterbacks in Charvarius Ward and Tremont Smith who got some activity last year. Kendall Fuller, who came from the Alex Smith trade in the offseason. Steven Nelson has been here for a couple of years. Uh, those guys did pretty well last week against the Colts. And the Colts don't have any pushover receivers. I mean, you got T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you had Eric Ebron, the tight end, who has phenomenal season, but was almost a no-show in this game. So these are guys who are going to have to go up against a much better passing attack, and that's going to be very exciting to see against Josh McDaniels' offense. Uh, that, that's going to be very key to see how Bob Sutton's defense matches up against Josh McDaniels' offense. All right, we'll get you out of, this, uh, out of here on this one. A prediction, a score for Patriots, Chiefs, at Arrowhead, in the cold, in the quiet. What do you think, Farzan? <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I, I predicted a, a shootout uh, for both uh, AFC games this past weekend, and we didn't see. I mean, regardless of the Chargers score, I, I mean, they had some touchdowns late in the game, so I think everyone who watched that game knows that those scores came very late. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we're going to be robbed of this one this weekend. I think we're going to see both teams score at, in the 40s at the very least, and maybe one team, perhaps both in the 40s. I know a lot of people want to make, make a big deal about the Colts, but I think sometimes the fans and in the media, we do make too big of a deal of that. I think it's an overrated factor, especially when you have Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. These guys are still going to air it out. They're going to find ways to work around this bad weather and move the football. Uh, Bill Belichick has done it for a reason. Andy Reid has been able to do it so well for a reason. I think you're going to see those guys stick to that regardless if it's going to be 100 degrees on a surprising January day or zero degrees. They're going to see both of those offenses air it out, I think. Kansas is going to get the edge on this one, and if I have to give you a score, man, it's going to be very close. Uh, it's going to be very, very uh, narrow uh, down to the wire. I think Kansas is going to pull out a win in the end, 38-35, to 35, to uh, advance to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1970. I'm excited for it. I hope that happens. Hey, Farzine, thanks for joining us. Tell us uh, where you, we can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. Uh, my Facebook is facebook.com slash Farzine I won't spell it out. I'll just play. It, 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 spell it the way it sounds. You, you'll be able to find it. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Farzine21. And then you can also uh, check out my podcast. Uh, it's on several uh, podcasting outlets. Just search for the Chiefs Zone podcast, and uh, you'll be able to find it. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun doing it this year. It really has been. Obviously, the uh, success on the season has been great. A lot more, um, a lot more downloads, a bigger audience. With that. So it's been a lot of fun doing that this year. Uh, and I encourage anyone to check it out if they do so. All right. We'll awesome, check it out. Man. Thank you, Farzine. We'll talk to you hopefully next week about a Super Bowl matchup. All right. Let's do it, man. Thanks right. for having me. Appreciate, Appreciate it. you.